G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. On a Thursday, we like to check in with Family Voice Australia and Andrew McColl back with us. Andrew is Family Voice Australia, Queensland State Director. Andrew, welcome back to 2020. Good morning to you, Neil, and good morning to your listeners. Andrew, there are institutions that we take for granted here in Australia, perhaps our public education system or our hospitals and health care and certainly much of our social welfare. And if we went right back historically, back to colonisation, there's been a real strength in the provision of education that started with the arrival of the first chaplain on the first fleet. And as the church and the state gradually expanded their cooperation together and the costs of education began to outstrip resources of the missions, well, the state began to administer education. And perhaps the stories are similar in health and welfare. What are your thoughts for things that have developed now over centuries and uh, Christians seem to be missing uh, some of the input and influence into these systems? Any thoughts here? Well, yes, Neil. The difficulty comes here with when we're talking about education and about health and about welfare is that when we look at Scripture, we find that these are actually responsibilities left with the family. The family is, is, is essentially responsible for the education of the children and their welfare and, and, and their health as well. We even find the nurse and the midwife identified in chapter 35 of Genesis, verse 8 and verse 17. So you think, why would, why would we find in these, these occupations mentioned there? Well, that's a good question. So what we find here is that these, these responsibilities are to do with the family primarily. Now, what's happened over time is that there was a, there was a probably about a, a fifty year period when there was debate about who would be best suited to the education of children, and there was toing and froing on that in the mid eighteen hundreds. And what they finally decided is we're going to the governments of the states decided we're going to build schools and we're going to run them. So there was a great surge of of land purchase and building commencement and teacher training through the 1870s and 1880s. And that's now 140 years or so ago. But what's happened in the midst of all of this is the church has just watched things happen and rather than we having really positive and good outcomes for education and health and welfare, we're finding ourselves confronted by some things that have come about with the passing of time and they haven't been quite what we hoped that they might be. 
Well, some will say education was a lot simpler 140 years ago, uh, but families today in a modern age are nowhere near equipped uh, to be able to teach children what they need to know in a modern age. So we rely on the state that brings those specialisations. So really you can't expect the family is going to be responsible for the technical uh, level of education required. But what I think you're talking about is understanding the values that are presented in the education. Well, we certainly are talking about values. As soon as you get into the subject of education, you immediately strike values. You strike things like ideology. You strike absolutes. You, you, you have to come back to, well, what do we believe about the creation of the world? Was there a God who made it in the first place? If so, who is he? How did we get here? So all of these things are fundamental ones. And once again, they are the responsibility of families primarily. So I understand that there are technical aspects of education, but parents are capable in many technical areas. They know how to turn on a computer and open up a Word document and the things that most of us do day by day anyway. It's not hard to teach a child to use a laptop or a tablet. And so these are things which are easy to communicate from parent to child. So we've lost the relationship, uh, the partnership between families and issues like education, perhaps even uh, health and welfare. Uh, So there's a big road to travel to try and win some of that influence back How do you see things so far as where Christians are at now, uh, recognising that somehow or other, if we don't do something radical and drastic quickly, uh, these values, they go completely secularised and even to the point of being anti-Christian? Well, we didn't get here overnight. It's been a long journey, as I said, for 150 years or more. And so we're tasting the fruit on the tree, as it were, and we're not quite sure that it's what we wanted to be tasting because it's not real nice. So we have to say to ourselves, what did we do wrong? And as I'm saying, you know, kind of repeating myself, we, we've let things slip. So we've got to say, okay, well, how do we go about dealing with this? And we have to say, are we content with the state controlling education? If so, why? When we have the, the deep and unchanging problems that we find when we have bureaucrats in charge of a department who are running a department the way they want them run and you know regardless of what the parent may think parents are only they only contribute the children to the school the parents are not really considered very high on the list of authority when it comes to the education department they just breed them and they send them off to the school and there's an increasing attitude uh, held by educational departments that runs for something like this, your child belongs to us. So you might like what happened in the playground last week. You might think much of that book that your child brought home. Sorry, sunshine, but that's the way it goes. All right, get the message. So you realise that the parent becomes kind of secondary now and the department runs the show and that is not going to change anytime soon. Now you've got the situation, of course, uh, where we have state schools and we have Christian schools. One of the big good testimonies we have is that there are so many 
Christian schools. Something like 40% all of all schools are Christian independent schools. But we've got the situation now because you might say, well, the Christians have an opportunity to do their own thing and the states are doing their own thing. But now the state wants to encroach on the Christian system, the LGBT agenda being their front and centre. Thoughts here around the idea of resistance to that and, as you say, has to be some sort of a radical step by Christian people to actually protect and turn these things around. Well, this is right. Now, it's not as radical as you might think it is. It doesn't require us to do anything other than what the Bible commands us to do. This is what God said concerning Abraham in Genesis eighteen nineteen. For I have chosen him so that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he has spoken about him. What stops the Christian family in their home educating their children? Frankly, there isn't anything stopping them other than sometimes the family having sufficient confidence to do so. We have resources that families can gain. It's not hard to get good Christian curriculum. It's not hard to get those things that you think your children will need. It's not hard to teach a child to read. It's all over the world. It's on the internet. You can buy them. It's not expensive. It's not hard, once again, to teach a child to read. Once the child has learned to read, he can read to learn. So you haven't got a lot of things happening, disputes about curriculum, transport to and from school five days a week, a rather undesirable peer group sometimes. Maybe there are drugs in the school. Maybe you've got questions about the the quality and character of the teacher. What about the cost? It costs the taxpayer $20,000 a year in round figures to have a child in a state school. What's the outcome of this? Well, I'm afraid to say the outcome has not been good, both qualitatively and quantitatively. So we simply have to say to ourselves, well, what did God want us to do with these children in the first place? And my suggestion is that the Christian child ideally, should be at home with mum and dad. So there's a homeschool model in there, which you're touching on here. And uh, a lot of parents will be thinking, that's impossible for me. We've got uh, two incomes to just pay the mortgage. So there are challenges that face families there, but certainly you could have an aspiration towards parents taking a greater responsibility for the values learning for their children. As you say, there are fabulous resources, good books that people can get a hold of uh, to be able to enhance their parenthood. So far as things getting better, Uh, changing uh, the way that Christians conduct themselves through this challenging time. The glass half full or the glass half empty. There's two ways you can look at things. Uh, I imagine that you'd be saying to Christians, uh, be optimistic and take some positive, proactive ways that you can get those values instilled in children. Well, this is the thing. We, We have to get our confidence from Scripture. So The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Indeed, they are a graceful wreath to your head and ornaments about your neck. 
fathers and mothers are quite competent frequently at educating their children. It's not hard to do, but the child needs to have at least one of those parents on the job five days a week. That means it's much more difficult if the family is trying to maintain two incomes, especially if they're out of, if both parents are out of the house. We have to think about this question. What is my priority as a father and a, and a, or as a, father and a mother? Is it bringing in the dollars, which is fine, or is it raising my children in the knowledge and fear of the Lord? have to resolve that. And that's, I accept, that's a big challenge for parents today to deal with. And it won't happen automatically, as you say. And it doesn't help to have your head in the sand. Somehow or other, as a parent, you've got to be proactive. But there might be something encouraging that the Christian church in Australia has flourished and survived uh, through industrialization and urbanization. Uh, we've survived world wars, poverty, uh, some cultural change, and even now the rise of uh, anti-colonialism, which is uh, engulfing us as well. So you've got to take some action because there are an awful lot of forces that are working against you, but it's all is not lost. You can win the battle. Is that uh, an encouraging uh, position you should take? Well, I think so. And I think we can try and look ahead of the curve as much as we can. I mean, we can see what we can try and observe as best we can what the trends really are. The trends today in terms of our knowledge of what government does is not less government authority, but more of it. Governments like to, to be gaining more and more power over people. Most of the time, I don't think that's beneficial. Most of the time, it's not for the best interests of the family. It's for the self-aggrandizement of, of, of the political leaders and bureaucrats. The families ultimately, in the long term, tend to suffer as a result of that. So we have to say, as one of my mentors came up with this statement a long time ago, power flows to those who take responsibility. We have to learn as parents and as adults to take responsibility, firstly for ourselves and secondly for our family members. That's what tended to happen in the Bible when you found people who were actually proved to be successful people. And I use the term successful in a way which is a God-focused form of success not whether they had buckets of money at, at, at the end of their life, though that may be actually one of the outcomes. So if we start with the goal of firstly take responsibility for this situation that I'm in rather than avoid it or abdicate that responsibility and say, well, how am I going to manage this new task which I understand God has given me and I want to prove myself to be responsible in it? That is what leads ultimately, in my opinion, to success. And, of course, Family Voice Australia, a long-time advocate over so many decades now of being right there in the middle of the battle uh, where families are at risk and uh, resourcing and also uh, being activist in the way that you want to defend those family values. Honour to you and all the team at Family Voice Australia. To connect with Andrew McColl and uh, to be able to access resources on the Family Voice Australia website, here's the address, familyvoice.com. 
familyvoice.org.au. familyvoice.org.au. Andrew McCall is Family Voice Australia Queensland State Director. Andrew, thanks so much for your update today on 2020. Thank you. It's been great talking to you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.